Hello, welcome to this Monday evening episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. Happy Monday to all of you. A new week uh, as we almost hit May now. It's pretty crazy that uh, we're almost into the fifth month of this uh, new year, new decade. Um, yeah, this year has just been flying by. I um, hope you all are doing well. Uh, we're going to finish up our segment where we're going to talk about some of the best moments of the season today and um, what better than to talk about the game against the Vancouver Canucks, that crazy comeback, which, you know, of course we had an episode after that game where um, I actually had that game turned off for a while when the Canucks went up 6-3 and then when I saw them made a 6-4, I thought, you know, what the hell, I'll just turn it back on and, you know, the rest um, is history. So we'll have that for you guys today. Um, the Penguins are replaying the 2017 Stanley Cup Final tonight, their game one against the National Predators on AT&T Sportsnet. Um, we'll talk about that. And um, the first period, I was actually just watching that before I recorded, just to get some thoughts. Uh, you know, just watching that whole period back again for the first time since um, 2017. You know, just wanted to see some stuff, especially on the five-on-three, because it was uh, pretty embarrassing. But, you know, we'll, we'll get to that um, soon. There's also been some um, some updates about the potentially the NHL season coming back, though. Like I said, a lot of this is fluid. Um, John Scott had a... I don't know if it was a troll report over the weekend or if that was legit saying that um, I think camps are going to reopen at like the beginning of June or something like that. You know, I think he might have just been trolling there. That's a little um, a bit much. But um, I did see a report this morning from Greg Wazinski and Emily Kaplan um, of ESPN. Elliot Friedman also had stuff um, last week. But, you know, still, the reality is that basically um, no, no one knows what's going to happen. You know, uh, apparently, according to uh, both Ka- Emily Kaplan and Greg Wojcicki, um, there are still a bunch of arenas that are actually in play. Um, apparently, they say sources have told ESPN that the home rinks for Minnesota, Vegas, Columbus, Dallas, Carolina, and Edmonton have been among those examined. I saw a piece from the from the Athletic over the weekend with Michael Russo saying Pittsburgh could also be in the mix as um, they are not considered to be a hotspot right now. Actually, the last time I checked, I do not believe so. Um, I mean, yeah, I could definitely see, you know, Minnesota. Um, from what I've you know read, I don't think Minnesota is really a hotspot. Edmonton, I think, would be kind of tricky because, you know, I think there was something that was passed just a couple weeks ago say, um, stating that um, some public events might be banned. Um, there for a while, uh, Vegas, like I said, Vegas, I mean, that's, that's no surprise. You know, they have, they have the NHL awards there. They have a really big uh, practice facility, Columbus. I'm not really surprised. Um, Dallas, that's not surprising either as actually today the governor of Texas is lifting the state at home order effective April 30th. So everything is going to potentially go back to normal, um, in the state of Texas. So Dallas is, um, yeah, that's not really a surprise, but, uh, you know, this is this is all, like I said, this is all very, very fluid. You know, it's good that there's a lot of um, stuff coming out. I saw over the weekend the NBA, Adrian, um, well, another, a little bit of a Woj bomb, basically saying that um, some NBA facilities are going to potentially be open um, soon to allow individual workouts for players. There will not be any group um, workouts allowed. So it looks like potentially the NBA is maybe taking that small next step that it needs to take um, in order for um, the road to um, the NBA being back. But still, um, there's still no group sessions um, allowed for the NBA. This is only, I believe, in uh, states, arenas that where the stay-at-home orders are not not as extreme. Like, there's no, there's not, like, this isn't where, like, the hot spots are, of course. 
But going back to um, back to the NHL, you know, like I said, Wojcicki and the Kaplan are still reporting that they're still they're looking at two to four arenas, you know, as basically hubs where the teams would finish off the regular season. Um, I, I've still the opinion I do not think that they need to really finish off the regular season. Maybe you can play a few games, but you know what? Honestly, you can just start with the playoffs. You know, a training camp of three weeks, maybe up to a month. Um, uh, I think that work. Apparently, Gary Bettman said the arenas won't necessarily be division-based, but they will be regionally friendly for teams um, to travel there. So, you know, for Pitt, the Penguins, you know, speaking, of course, for this as a Penguins podcast, you know, Columbus I th- would be, obviously, of course, the best-case scenario unless uh, they decide Pittsburgh. That would be the biggest best-case scenario. But Columbus would probably be the next best-case scenario as it's not even a um, – it's not even, like I think it's like an hour of a flight um, for driving-wise. It's what – two three hours it's not it's not far at all you know raleigh you know take a, fl- a flight down there it's only a couple hours so um that's not bad for the penguins either but still you know just anything like uh apparently like your Barry, gary bettman said that's basically regionally close for the teams um for these places you know that's the best case for them and of course as everyone um knows you know gary bettman also had to say you know there's not going to be any fans in these buildings um uh, <laughs> if they return to play and that's a big if still at this point um, yeah, there's, there's no chance there'll be fans in buildings, you know, they're not going to take a risk of, you know, putting 20 fans in the buildings and you have to sit this far apart or a hundred of fans. There's no, when sports eventually come back and they will come back, you know, there's, it's going to be no fans for the first, however long they decide. And then, you know, they'll gradually start, um, putting the fans back in the arena, you know, maybe they'll have to sit, you know, a few seats apart. So, you know, it can't be like a massive sellout or something. And then, you know, once this is really, really died down and it's once it's really, really gone, you know, then we'll be back to normal with um, all the fans in each seat. But, you know, that's so far in advance. And, you know, like I said, Gary Bettman, just to finish this up, Gary Bettman said, you know, that the location, it can be anywhere. Um, that isn't a hotspot. His exact quote from um, this is uh, from Colin Campbell. Um, this is now Colin Campbell from the um, article that from ESPN. Basically, you said, you know, there's a number of criteria. What state is friendly? What province is friendly? What are they dealing with? Obviously, the New York area is not very friendly right now. I mean, yeah, it's a massive hotspot. You look at Alberta, it seems a little bit friendly. Um, so, yeah, yeah. They just, like Gary Bettman said, you know, you just you can't look at um, – hot spots, you know, like New York and a bunch of other spots um, in the country. So that's good news there. I thought there was something going on with the um, Cal- the Calgary area where they banned like sporting events to like August or something though. Um, I am, I would have to um, double check that. Um, but to finish off this segment, you know, going around the league and stuff, um, apparently there was some big news with the Chicago Blackhawks today. Um, their owner, Rocky Wirtz, uh, announced that the team has fired president, um, the team president, John McDonough, from his role as president and CEO of the organization. Um, yeah, that's a nice um, Monday evening news dump at around, what, 5.30, 6 o'clock was when this came through. I'm pretty surprised that they did not fire Stan Bowman, considering a lot of Blackhawks fans have turned against him. Um, yeah, I guess that's this, this will be up to the team president to... Um, yeah, I guess to to to, uh, to see what they do with Stan Doman. and also um, congratulations to Joel Ward on a um, outstanding career as he announced his retirement today. I know the games when he was with the Capitals and the Penguins were not always friendly, but um, you know he still had a great career. I do, I do remember that um, that goal that he had against the Rangers in the playoffs where he scored with less than a second left, and the Capitals were able to win that game. I still um, couldn't believe that goal. So um, yeah, like I said, congratulations to a great career there. And, um, yeah, definitely a weird uh, news dump for the Blackhawks today. That kind of came out of nowhere. 
And apparently um, this was right after, I think a month or two ago where the owner actually promised um, a lot of people in the organization that he would not be firing them. So, you know, that came out of nowhere and, you know, we'll have to be, we'll have to see when, um, uh, if Stan Bowman potentially gets fired because um, that, that might be coming. Um, I know this doesn't pertain to the Penguins, but you know, the Blackhawks had their fun when they were winning cups, you know, just as the Penguins have. And, you know, I guess, you know, to look at it this way, it can go down really, really quick guys. And, you know, we don't, we don't want the Penguins to be like this in the next couple of years with Sidney Crosby and the Gennie Malkin still in their primes to uh, win Stanley Cup. So, you know, just look at it like that, cherish this because, uh, yeah, we don't want to be like the Blackhawks are right now where they're just filling with mediocrity. All right, so for this segment, you know, like I said, we're going to continue our, we're going to finish actually our best moments in um, for, from the season with the Penguin game against the Vancouver Canucks at home. The Penguins were able to open the scoring um, very, very quickly into the game. And, you know, the, they scored their first uh, two goals um, in about a little over 10 minutes into the game. Uh, the second one was on a power play goal with um, uh, Brian Russ. This came. So uh, right during Thanksgiving, so November 27th, yeah, but basically that that Thanksgiving weekend basically was when this happened. Um, easily one of the best games of the season. Like I said, the Penguins were able to jump out to a 2-0 lead thanks to Jake Ensel and Brian Rust. But the Vancouver Canucks stormed right back. Uh, this was not one of Matt Murray's best performances. Um, not by Lasha. He was just absolutely brutal in this game. JT Miller was able to make it 2-1. Pedersen was able to tie it in the second period with 12.43 remaining. And then, you know, right as the second period is basically about to expire with less than two minutes left, Chris Letang really loses a terrible foot race to Jake Vertan. And um, I still can't believe Chris Letang lost that foot race there considering Vertan really wasn't even coming in that fast. And then Matt Murray... You know, has to have that puck right there. The Canucks are are up um, three two at that point, but you know it, it did not it did not stop there. The Canucks are able to score not even a minute later with Adam Goddard Adam Goddett, Jesus making it four two. I cannot pronounce names today, guys. I am just having a real big case of the Mondays. But um, yeah, the booze the booze came down from memory. I was watching the highlights um, of that game actually before I started uh, to record this episode. And, um, yeah, the crowd was not uh, happy with Matt Murray. You know, I don't think anyone really was at that point. So, you know, just those four goals, just not a good period for Matt Murray. He could have had a few of those back. Um, just not a good period for the Penguins defensively. Either. They were they were just a mess defensively. It was absolutely embarrassing to watch. And they were down 4-2 going into the third period. But Penguins would respond about a minute into the third period. Jake Gensel gets his second of the game because – you know, when was Jake Gensel not scoring during the beginning of the season? I- I'm serious. You know, 20 goals, what was it, like 30, 43 points, 39 games, 20 goals in 39 games, just absolutely ridiculous start to the season from Jake Gensel. He was easily going to be a 40-goal scorer had he not got hurt, you know, right before the new year. And, um, yeah, if this season was just a normal one where there was no pandemic, um, I honestly think you can make the case that Gensel was going to get close to 50. You know, I- I'm-, I'm honestly, I'm dead serious on that. Um, there, there might, there, I don't know if you'll ever get to 50, but there's, there's a potential, there's a chance for it. I, I, I'll say that, but you know, the scoring one stop after that, the Canucks score basically two goals in less than a minute and again to make it six to three, uh, just continuing Matt Murray's terrible night and at six, three. And you know, this is at the point, you know, there's 1654 left, um, at the point where this goal scored, I was just like, you know, throwing the towel, you know, if Matt Murray is going to keep playing like there's, there's no way they were going to come back, you know? Me myself, I'm an idiot a lot of the times, as you as you guys know. Um, I, I like I said, I turned off this game. I thought it was over. I almost basically started to record at this point because this was just 
Um, this was going terribly. The Penguins just looked lost in the defensive zone. Matt Murray was getting lit up, just spewing rebounds out like a Pez dispenser. Um, it was just, it was brutal. Heck, I don't even think I know who knew who Adam Gaudet was going into this game. Hell, then he had two goals uh, in this game. So, you know, that just goes to show how much I know, everyone. But, you know, this has been in the pivotal moment. You know, I was I was keeping it up on my Twitter feed. You know, 1351 left. It's a four on four. Um, you know, what What the hell? You know, what, what's going to happen here? Old friend Dominic Cahoon is able to make it six to four um, on the four on four. So, okay. And then I was, so then I was like, okay, you know, I'm going to turn this on, you know, see if I'm bad luck. If they, if the Canucks score another one, then I'm done for good. Um, needless to say, I'm really, really glad that I was not bad luck for this one because the Penguins just started bringing it to just bring it to the Vancouver Canucks. The Penguins are able to get a power play um, right after this, and I will play this goal that made it 6-5 to five, uh, right now. Malkin slows it down. Now the power play. Drive, scores! One goal game! So, yeah, two goals in less than a minute. So, you know, they basically gave a little bit of karma back uh, to the Canucks as they've done that not once in this game, but um, twice. So, you know, 6-5. So then it's like, okay, plenty of time to get an equalizer here, you know. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if it happened in the next couple minutes with the way the Penguins are playing. And I just loved on that fifth goal how Evgeny Malkin is able to just wind that up, do a Geno bomb, as I like to call it, and just let her rip. You know, the goalie, you know, just had no chance. This was the Canucks backup because I believe Jacob Markstrom was um, sick, actually. I think he was supposed to start in this game, then he was sick, and then they had their um, backup start. So, yeah, the Penguins were able to light him up like a Christmas tree. And then, of course, you know, not even just a few minutes later, the Penguins are able to tie it up as here is the tying goal right here for you guys. Goes wide by Johnson. No stick, Edler, and Demko was uh, on an island. Penguins dominating here, looking for the equalizer. Marino a drive off the body. Acid race. He scores! We're tied! It's 6-6! Okay, I'm not going to play that clip from Bob Airy just being an absolute nut. But yeah, so three goals in the span of just a few minutes. And yeah, brand new ball game. Zach Aston Reese is able to tie the game. Um, I just, I couldn't believe what I saw. I remember, I think I was watching it with my uh, my grandparents who were here for Thanksgiving and my mom. And, you know, they couldn't believe it either. You know, like I said, I was getting ready to just go record the podcast. And um, yeah, I'm glad I didn't. I'm glad I waited. I'm glad I put it on after the fourth goal. You know, I know, you know, I'm not a true fan that I kind of turned it off after the 6-3. You know, just the way they were playing. You know, I thought it was basically over. But then, you know, the Penguins, they were able to have the game winner to get that seventh goal. You know, because for a while it looked like this was going to overtime. As I will play for you guys the game-winning goal from who else but Chris Letang. We are at the Letang Colt here on the Locked On Penguins podcast. Here you guys go. Throws it to open ice, skated into by Dumoulin. Dumoulin leaves it for Rust. All three players, three points on this line. Gensel takes a look, sets it up. Latang, he scores! It's 7-6, Chris Latang! Chris Latang, you know, was able to make up for his mistake, you know, earlier when he let Jake Vertanen basically beat him for no reason and gets the game winning goal. You know, the goalie had no shot on that. And yeah, for a game that looked like it was about to go to overtime, the Penguins made sure that it was not going to go to overtime as Latang makes it 7 6. And then the Penguins later add another goal to make it 8 6. It was an empty net goal. Malkin was basically tripped up. It was going to be a penalty, but he still was able to slide the puck in, gets his second goal of the game. And with 0.2 seconds remaining, 
it was an eight to six final. So yeah, game one of the games of the year, easily one of the best moments of this season before it got put on the hiatus. Um, fourteen goal game, six goal third period. <laughs> That's just, that's that's unbelievable how the Pegos were able to come back in this game, especially considering there was less than a period remaining to undergo a three-goal deficit. That does not happen very often um, in this league, but the Penguins were able to do it and, and beat the Canucks in just a wild, wild affair. So that ends um, one of the best moments, some of the best moments of this season. Um, we are actually, so for next up, for the next episode, we're going to be starting our new um, series this week, actually. I think this is one that you guys will really, really, really like a lot. And this week, guys, this will be the greatest moments um, in franchise history. So, you know, well, there's a lot of ideas that, you know, I've come up with for this. You know, well, honestly, the whole Lockdown NHL Network has come up, you know. You know, milestone games, great playoff games, performance games from players, great trades that change the course of the Penguins, you know, draft lottery, you know. Um, <laughs> we, uh, we know all too well about that here in Pittsburgh. Um, like I said, milestone games, um, rewatch of old games that are re-airing. I could potentially do that. You know, there's a lot of really, really cool stuff that I've, uh, planned for you guys this week and for a couple more episodes for the great moments in franchise history. I may try to have a couple people on to talk about their great moments, um, that they've seen in franchise history. So, um, look for that coming, um, Wednesday, Friday, and I can't wait to bring you guys on um, that awesome content. All right. So for this last segment for the Locked On uh, Penguins episode. Today, I wanted to talk about that game one, that first period between the Penguins and the Predators. Um, you know, kudos to the Penguins for re-airing these games. Um, you know, I know it's probably not easy, you know, to do this in the time. I know um, NHL and NBC, they're doing, um, what's their um, hashtag that they're uh, doing called? Is it, um, oh, hockey hashtag hop, hockey happy hour, where they show like an hour and a half uh, condensed game, like a big playoff game or something. Tonight, they were doing the, uh, Game 7 of 2011 between Boston and uh, Montreal. This weekend, they actually did show the uh, back-to-back run of the Penguins. So if you guys were able to watch that on NBC, um, that was awesome. That was really fun to watch as I was taking a break from the NFL draft. And speaking of the NFL draft, I will say good job to Chris Carter of Locked On Steelers. If you guys don't listen to him, please do. Um, he does a lot of really great stuff about the Steelers. Um, it's on one of our uh, sister stations for Pittsburgh. So, you know, go give him a follow. I'm about that. But anyways, going back to this, you know, watching the game – first period of game one, um, you know, I, the Penguins still got insanely lucky with that offside call. Um, I know a lot of people aren't too pleased with that rule. You know, it was able to benefit the Penguins there. It's gone against the Penguins plenty of times uh, ever since it's been um, introduced. So, um, yeah, great that it did there. The Penguins, I felt like after that, they trying to sort of to dominate, you know. The one thing in particular, though, that five on three, man, I mean – what was that? It was the Penguins, they would gain the zone and then the Predators would somehow just be able to clear it. It was literally just for well over the first half of the power play. I think it was like for the first minute, 15, minute 20, the Penguins didn't get a shot on net. They were not even getting it set up. Patrick Hornquist tried a zone entry when on a five on three when all basic Predators players went to him. He didn't even pass it and the Predators had an easy clear. No idea what he was doing there. We all know zone entries have never been Patrick Hornquist thing. We all know what he's um very, very good at. But, you know, once the Penguins were able to set it up and Trevor Daly had a nice pass to Evgeny Malkin, he unleashed his Geno bomb and um, Pecorine, that's a very stoppable puck. I can't believe that he did not stop that. It was almost went, went right for his glove, but um, went underneath it, I guess, and Malkin was able to make it one nothing. You know, this all comes with only a few minutes left in the period. The Penguins scored their three goals um, in, what, less than five minutes? <laughs> it was basically that. You know, you have the second goal, 
with a gorgeous pass from Chris Kunitz to Connor Sherry. Um, I was, I was, I was, I was in awe of that Kunitz pass at the time when I was watching it. I still am in all of it today. Just what a player Chris Kunitz was, man. Especially towards the late stages of his career, he really could still um, do the same things that he did early in his career. You know, his passing was always crisp. You know, he was, of course, you know, the overtime hero in, in Game Seven against the Ottawa Senators of the Eastern Conference Final. Um, just what a remarkable player he was. So underrated for the era. Um, just did so much damage next to Sidney Crosby. And, you know, just a pass to Sherry. I know if I could mean, I didn't even move on that. That's just how funny that was. And then the third goal, you know, you get a little, a little bit of luck there. You know, it goes off Matias Ekholm. And then after going off the, uh, the skate, well, not the skate, the stick of Pecorine, excuse me. And then the Penguins are up three, nothing going into the, um, the first intermission, but yeah, just those last five minutes, just complete domination by the Penguins. I thought the Penguins were playing pretty good, honestly, up until that point, though, the Predators were still pushing hard as well. Then, you know, we all know what happened. The Penguins not having a shot in 37, I think it's what, 37 minutes, if I'm not mistaken. And the Penguins, they're still able to win that game with, uh, Jake Gensel's heroics because you know when is jake ensel not a hero um is really the big question for you all but you know um just really really cool like i said that the penguins are doing that uh game two i'm sure will be on wednesday where the penguins um blitz pecorine in the third period for those three goals very very early and then um i'm sure they'll do game five i wonder if they'll do game five i think they'll do game five on monday i don't think they'll do it friday uh, they'll do game five on Mon- next monday then they'll do um, Game Six in Nashville on Wednesday, and then you know I don't really know what the Penguins go from there. You know, do they? I saw someone actually did ask, like, are you guys going to be doing the same for '91 and '92? They said, stay tuned. So you know, hint, hint. It looks like that's what they're going to be doing next. You know, what do what do you do after after '91 and '92 Stanley Cup Finals? So um, as, at least, like I said, at least this is able to um, have people have some sort of sports in their life. Um, with that topic in mind, it was really, really great to have sports back in, in any capacity this past weekend with the NFL draft. Um, finally, there was something on, you know, I know it was a virtual draft. Every, all the players were at home. Even the commissioner was, looked like he was a little bit hammered at times, but, you know, it was just, I, I was really, really happy to have those sports back, man. It was just, it, it's, I know it's small, you know, and it, in the grand scheme of things, but you know, it was just, it was really, really great to have that back. And, you know, it's just, it's going to be even greater when we get, we get sports back regularly again after this um, pandemic um, goes away at some point and we will get out of this. So um, thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of locked on penguins. We will, we will be back on Wednesday. Uh, I am so sorry, everyone. I have probably been stuttering like a complete moron. This episode, a massive case in the Mondays. So yes, we will be back on Wednesday for you all with our new segment. Uh, and we'll be continuing that on Friday and potentially next week. Um, we'll have to see if we have uh, more stuff, um, different segment for you guys coming on next week. I'll pr- try to have also have some guests on for you guys this week as well. So stay tuned for that. And I will talk to you all on Wednesday. Follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore penguins. Also um, listen to the national show, the locked on NHL national show. It's an outstanding show there. Um, as well. So yeah, we will talk to you all on Wednesday.